welcome to the 53rd edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. My name is Michael Bailey. I hope this finds you safe and well on the way. And we thought last week was an injury crisis. Harry Kane at Norwich, but was he able? And your questions answered. We will work through all of that and more with our guests tonight. Former Norwich City press officer, Ben Mounser. Hello, Michael. And former Norwich City publications and programme editor, Dan Brigham. Hello, Michael. Thank you for joining us, guys. Much appreciated, as always. Uh, Dan, you're getting your notes out there. That's good to see. I'd like to do my preparation as we start recording. Indeed, yeah. That's probably why you turned your halo off as well. Um, are you well? Uh, yeah, very well. Thank you, Michael. Just got over the excitement of the FA Cup draw and facing Coventry City at Carrow Road again. That's good. That's one thing we don't have to talk about later. Well done. Yep. Coventry in the third round of the FA Cup. Job done. Take no one really one cares. <laughs> uh, ben, how are you? I'm match fit, Michael. I've not got any strained vocal cords or anything. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm fit. I'm good. Well, well, that makes one of us. Um, yeah. uh, I was getting criticism, I noticed, for not, not uh, subbing off Steve enough. Um, I'm running him into the ground, so I've given him a week yeah. off this week. Um, you better come back refreshed. Otherwise, if, I, if only if Daniel Fark had such luxuries. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, uh, we are giving you listeners the chance to subscribe to The Athletic for our best price ever at the moment. It is just £1 per month for a full 12 months and you can cancel at any time so you can access all of The Athletic all year long, including all of our podcasts ad-free. We'll bring you unrivaled coverage of Norwich City, or I'll try, uh, for an unbeatable price, and we won't be running a better deal anytime soon. This offer runs from Black Friday, which was, of course, last Friday, for just one week. So it's up until the 4th of December. Do not miss out. Um, You will be able to read my feature on Harry Kane's Norwich City loan. We're going to talk about that in a bit. Emmy Buendia, Michael McGovern analysis. They were exclusive interview with Tim Krull going through his best Norwich saves as exclusive with Josh Martin, exclusive with Andrew Sermon, exclusive with Charlie Gilmore, exclusive with Tom Triber. There's lots. They're all there for you. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod as in podcast and pay just one pound a month for 12 months. This offer is for new subscribers only. Let's crack on with this week's headline act. Now I could literally use the same intro as last week here because yes, Norwich are top of the league. They're unbeaten in 10 as we record, but the issue is how many players will still be standing by the time we get to death. Well, Wednesday, um, it would be easier to list who is fit rather than um, who isn't at the moment. Um, we did speak about this quite a lot last week, uh, but it's the biggest issue surrounding the club at the moment. And if we look at the bench for Norwich's 1-1 draw with Coventry on Saturday, we had Christoph Zimmerman, who's the only one who's ever played league football in England. We then had Daniel Barden, who has at least played um, in the cup. He played against Luton at the start of the season. And then we had four... Uh, 18-year-olds who were all eligible to play in the FA Youth Cup tie at Wolves next month, which I think just put it all into into some sort of context. Um, my issue, I think, and the point I want to raise here is that at the moment, Ben, can Daniel Farker really afford to look at his bench and go, I don't know if I can trust you because you're all too young? Because ultimately, this is this is all he's got to play with at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he can't. He, he's going to have to use them, isn't he? I mean, if you look at the bench, as he said there, Michael, for the Coventry game, it was Christoph Zimmerman, who um, famously is trained as a teacher. And then he just had a load of students around him, basically, didn't he? So, Lovely. <laughs> um, 
I, I was just, I, it made me think of um, the summer and when, when we were talking about, I don't know how many players we've got and how, how are we going to fit them all in and how we're going to keep everybody happy. And now we suddenly find ourselves in this situation. Look, he, he, um, he, he can't, obviously we've got eight games in December starting at Luton on Wednesday, which is, is obviously a really difficult run to manage in kind of with a normal size squad and with, um, you know, players fit and raring to go. With the situation we're in at the moment, it's quite daunting, I imagine. Um, but yeah, the, the, the problem is, and, and this is probably why Daniel Farker didn't make those changes in the game against Coventry, is that the, these players aren't just you know inexperienced youngsters. They are pr- like under-18 players, really, who I can't imagine have spent too much time around the first-team squad in training and suddenly find themselves on the bench in a championship game. So yeah, it's, it's a difficult one for Farker, isn't it? It, it struck me as interesting, Dan, that or you know, a good way of doing it that um, uh, Tom Dixon Peters got to go to the Stoke game but not get used. I mean, probably necessity because I think there were there was at least one spare seat on the bench that day, and then three, of course, on Saturday. But at least he'd sort of been in around it, as Ben says, to then if he was going to be needed to come on, um, to come on against Coventry. Uh, it, should 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 Daniel Farker have changed it a little bit more on? On Saturday, I saw a few people sort of saying, well, you know, you needed to freshen up and just throw on a youngster to give fresh legs. But I mean, I don't know if it would have necessarily been quite that straightforward because Coventry at the same time brought on a lot of players who were probably first choice and Mark Robbins had actually rotated. Yeah, and that's a slight disrespect to Coventry, I think, to say that we could have thrown on any of our lone players and they'd have done a really good job out there. And I suppose the other thing to consider is what Norwich City way of doing things in the academy is they don't think... Uh, when a young lad is going to get into the first team or try and break through to the first team this season, they tend to try and then send him out on loan with view to get him into the first team the following season. So we're not really dealing with the sort of the cream of the crop of the academy uh, at this stage as well. It's kind of the people who have not ready been ready to send, be sent out on loan. Um, I thought it was interesting actually looking at that squad and the sort of expectation and entitlement ahead of the game where people expected us that starting eleven is good enough to beat Coventry, but. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think I'm being a bit too over the top if you, if I say that that squad would be in a relegation battle across an entire season. That Norwich City squad, and that's kind of how we should probably lower our expectations across the next month or so, or the next three weeks until we've got a few of the players back. Is that we're dealing with a squad that can't really impact games uh, by changing from the bench, and we're dealing with a squad that has no recognised striker, no recognised left back, potentially no recognised right back. So. Uh, you know, any kind of points that we pick up uh, is going to be down to excellent coaching from uh, the management team. Um, and, you know, relying on that first 11, obviously, Emmy coming back is, is, is massive. But I think lowering expectations is probably a good thing to do at the moment. If we can stay, you know, in touch in the top two over the next few weeks, then we've done a really good job. Alex Tetty didn't seem too uh, worried, though maybe he never normally does, to be fair. But uh, he, he he seemed quite, you know, be like, all right, we'll, we'll see it through. He suggested a couple may come back um, for the Luton game. Um, we're obviously speaking to, we're recording on Monday evening and we will speak to Daniel Farker tomorrow. So I am sort of preempting things here. I, it does sound like the prognosis with Max Aarons is not very bad at all. So, um, may even have a chance for Wednesday I don't know but um, that's just remarkable because I was kind of convinced it was ankle ligaments and it'd be weeks and you you get into all sorts then plus he left with a protective boot and on crutches so um, I think that would be um, it would be quite remarkable if he was certainly back playing this week but um, yeah so that's good I mean maybe Lucas Rupp isn't too far away and none of the injuries are too long term well no 
there is a chunk of the injuries that isn't too long term let's put it like that probably is the best way um so so we we will see and imagine it will hit the other teams in the championship at at some point as well i'm kind of glad ben i didn't ask last week on uh, to get uh, who was it Stephen jack wasn't it last week to get their thoughts on who the uh, who the one player was that they felt we couldn't afford to lose and again that could have been six weeks it sounds like it's only going to be three or four which would which would we good. What what did you what did you make of Michael McGovern on um, Saturday? I thought he was okay. The, the probably areas of his game that maybe most worried about. He was fine. I thought at distribution generally he he was pretty good. And obviously we tried to play the same way as we we do with Tim Krull, which for Michael McGovern having hardly played any football for years, <laughs> literally years, it's not easy to come in and do that. But I thought he did that okay. The couple of shaky moments obviously were a, a very basic handling error in the, in in the first half there. And a couple of other sort of smaller things, but generally, I think he um, he did okay, and he's he's going to have to get up to speed quickly because he's going to be playing. You know, even if Krull is three to four weeks, it's still going to be four or five games from a govern um, back to back. Ian Gabelli, hello, Ian. He asked with uh, only Pookie fit now, which he obviously is not now. <laughs> Do we play someone like Emmy as a false nine, or is someone in the under twenty threes ready to take Hugh Gill's place? I'd like Drummich back but that doesn't sound like an option. If it was an option then, it's less of an option now, is what I would suggest. Uh, and of course, we now know that Marco Stieperman is a false nine, so that's good. And team is um, unfit. Uh, Jake, uh, at that Jake person, of uh, that Jake person, um, thanks for your question, Jake. Do you see a likelihood of Danel Sinani being recalled if injuries persist or worsen? He seems to be the top candidate to fill a metaphorical midfield hole. I'm not sure what one of those is, but I'd love to see it. I, by all accounts, Jake, I don't see Danel coming back in January. I had wondered that from the noises and, and various bits, it, it doesn't sound like that will happen. I think Norwich are confident that various players who are out will be back. And if, if they're not back, in time for January by February you're going to have them definitely back and it doesn't sound like Jordan Hugill's injury is too bad so it does sound like Danelle will be spending the season away as was of course the intention and finally Matt Howlett um, who is Matt Howlett 83 on Twitter what is the possibility of uh, Sebastian Soto getting a work permit now he has scored a couple of senior international goals we call him from Telstar, especially with Hugel and Edo obviously out there, etc. Um, and it's a good question, by the way. And he's certainly not short of confidence. Um, the thing is that the goals were scored in a friendly, I think. And if it had been a qualifier, then I think they carry a bit more weight. But it's only anecdotal support of a work permit. We don't even know what the work permit rules are yet post-Brexit because no one's decided. <laughs> so it's, um, it's all delightfully up in the air. Uh, I, I would be amazed if he's anywhere near the team. I think Norwich are basically trying to work on how they get him in into the group for next season so that's probably what i would work on for now job done thank you always for your questions and we will get through more of those of course as the season goes on this episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive nba prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an nba game and more Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. There's only one thing for Centrefold this week. Uh, I remember having a conversation with my editor uh, several weeks ago, Charlie Scott. Hey, Charlie. Uh, happens to be a Spurs fan. Uh, randomly, we were discussing something and he said, we should do something on Harry Kane's Norwich loan. Now, he sounded much more excited about that than I did because I was like, well, it was about five games. He got injured in the middle. Uh, and then he missed a good chance against West Ham. I mean, what literally, what else is there to put in it? Um, but I said I'd have a look. And then I remember 
I remembered that I still had this. Still obviously, uh, what I came here to do is get some games, get some minutes under my belt, and uh, tomorrow will be a great chance to prove myself to the gaffer to try and push for a uh, Premier League spot kind of thing. Ideal opportunity with a number of new faces in the team tomorrow. Yeah, of course, we'll all be there trying to impress, and the most important thing is we're trying to get the win. You know, we've all been training well together, got a good bond together, so we've got to take that into the game. And it's a chance really to, to boost confidence as well, isn't it, among the squad's games like this? Yeah, of course. No, it's going to be a tough game, no doubt about it. Doncaster are a good side, so we're not taking it lightly, but we know we're, uh, we're going to be favourites for it, and we want to go out and do the job and get through to the next round. Doncaster have got a couple of away wins already, so they, uh, you know, it might be tough. Yeah, no, I think it'll be a tough game. You know, they've got a, they've got a good side and they're, they're doing well this season. So we just got to keep keep focused and uh, go into the game. Obviously, plan play the way we can, and we should get the result. Is there an appetite in the squad for a cup run in the League Cup? Yeah, obviously we want to go all the way. Uh, like I say, all the players want to win, and uh, this is a great chance to get through to the next round and then go from there. Have you had a chance to put that out of your mind yet? That that miss that didn't quite go. Yeah, that's football. You know what I mean? Everyone misses. Everyone misses chances. But like I say I've just got to keep doing what I'm doing and get in positions and like I say take the next one. Because when we talked about bringing you, you know, seeing at Spurs, you know, that's really sort of part of your game. You know, being a being a natural finisher. Maybe this is a chance to sort of show what you're all about. Yeah, of course. Obviously, uh, I've proved that I can score goals. The two loan spells I've been on, so that's what I want to do now. I want to score goals in the Premiership. That's the next step. So hopefully, if I can pro progress and uh, do that, and uh, go on from there. What do you sort of do when that doesn't doesn't go right? Do you sort of you know go home, boot the wall, or something, or do you just sort of have to just put it out of your mind? And yes, yeah, I think the quicker you put it out of the mind, the better. You've got to, it's, it's football, it's life. You know what I mean? You got to get on with it. The quicker you can move on and take the next opportunity the better so uh, yeah I think you've got to get on with it to be honest You come across Doncaster last season while you were at Mill Yeah Mill yeah. I mean, what are your impressions really? No that's a good side obviously we was in a we was both fighting for a relegation battle then so it's a, a lot in that game but they're a good side they're a tough team and like I say hopefully if we play the way we, uh, we know we can then uh, we should get the result How important is this cup game in the context of the league as well? I mean the, the momentum is the kind of key thing you want to build up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course, it's a great way to uh, kick, they say start the winning, the winning habits. And uh, like I say, if we get a win tomorrow, then we can just go on and hopefully push on, uh, take that into the Premier League. Harry, what's your initial thoughts of the boys? I know you've been around them for a few weeks. Yeah, no, great bunch of lads, very tight group. You know, everyone gets on with everyone. So uh, no, I've enjoyed my time here so far, and uh, hopefully we've got a long season ahead. And, like I say, we'll take it forward. How did it sort of pan out with Tottenham? I mean, did you sit down with the manager there and... Agreed, maybe you need to go out and try and get... It's all, it's all kind of last minute, obviously, I was first choice there, and then on deadline day, they were obviously signing Dempsey, so when I knew that was happening, he said like, it'd be good for you to get some uh, games out alone, and that's when the deal got done. Oh, yeah. and you obviously, I know it was, you, even though it was late, late, you, when you... Yeah, no, yeah, of course, I want to be planned, I want to be planned week in, week out in the Premiership, so no, it's a great opportunity for me. I mean, you must have felt... Uh, as you said earlier, I mean, you've proved yourself at championship level. I mean, clearly, you back yourself to do the same at this level. Yeah, of course, it's the next step. You know, what I mean, it's, a, it's all experience. So that's what I want to be doing. I want to now take that into the Premiership and then go on from there. Well, what I just want to find out, point. Obviously, you know, at the minute, it looks like defensively, Chris has got it, um, you know, nicely tight after the Fulham game, but. It's not quite clicking up front. I mean, the strikers is up frustrating that, you know, probably outside the camp there's going to be people looking at strikers and pointing fingers, is that? Yeah, that's, that's always going to happen. That's, that's what football is. That's what the fans and everyone does. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're keeping focus and we know that we're creating chances, which is the most important thing, and we're soon putting them away. We maybe need a bit of luck now and then. But once, uh, I think once we get a couple, then they're just flying.
Right. What can you what can you offer maybe different than to what Grant's got or, or Steve or you know Simeon? Is it about having that right blend of, of attackers? Yeah, it's, it's a different blend. There's a different variety in, in all of us, like I say. So I think whichever uh, one of us play or two of us play, and uh, I think we've all got goals in us. So that's the most important thing that we're creating chances and we'll put some away. There we go. That was Harry Kane's one and only press conference uh, or sort of gathering at um, one of the mobile old mobile classrooms at, at Colney Training Centre. Um, he'd already played against West Ham, so he'd made his uh, debut and that was ahead of the League Cup game at home to Doncaster in which he broke his foot. And that was basically it for another 12 weeks. And then he came back for a few games that people kind of forgot about. Um, I did actually watch every minute of Harry Kane's loan action, apart from the Doncaster game, uh, which I think uh, Dean Saunders have probably burnt the footage. I don't know what happened, but um, didn't didn't see that. Apart from the goal, I managed to find the, the goal that was scored. Alex Tetty's first for the club, um, assisted by Harry Kane, which uh, even Alex Tetty had forgotten. It ended up being about 5,000 words, I think. It goes down as a long read, I think is the technical term. But... Um, Please go and read the piece if you wish, because it took me a long time to put it together and write. As I said earlier, don't forget our special Black Friday offer. It's running from Friday, just gone for one week. You can get your subscription to The Athletic for our best ever price of £1 per month for 12 months, and you can cancel at any time. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod and pay just £1 a month for 12 months to access our unrivaled coverage of Norwich City. This offer is for new subscribers only. Um, gentlemen, w- watching it all back, the one thing that struck me w- w- was his debut. Every single person gave examples of how much work he put into his into his training, which really took me back. I didn't even have to prompt most of them. They just knew that and remembered it was what they saw of him was on the training ground, practicing his finishing on his own. And as I said, I had a very set impression of his debut in my head, which was basically he came on, he missed, and then that was it. And there was just this great chance a few minutes earlier, which was he nutmegged Mark Noble and this trademark Harry Kane shot that just whistles past the far post. Completely forgot it had happened. And then a few minutes, right at the end of the game as well, last minute, he sets up Robert Snodgrass for another chance as well. And it just, um, I suppose it, it struck me, Dan, just how much I'd kind of forgotten of that 20 minutes and maybe underappreciated what the talent was at that point. Because from that point on, it's very hard to judge after his injury and and what was sort of going on around the team after that. I think most Norwich fans do remember him uh, for that miss. I'm, I'm certainly the same as well. But I think it's also kind of sums up the sort of the player Harry Kane is. Is he's not like he's not out well, he's not outstanding. His natural attributes aren't obviously outstanding. It's just that he is excellent at everything. Like his passing, his shooting, his link up play, his movement, all of it is excellent. He's got no no weak part to his game. And I think uh, when you only get the chance to see what five games he played for us, uh, then that doesn't become naturally apparent because, you know, you, you wouldn't say, oh, this guy's got uh, blistering pace or he's got extraordinary movement, especially at 19 years old. And by the way, he did not sound 19 years old in that clip he just played, uh, played whatsoever. I, did. I think that's probably, that's probably why we just remember the, the things that, that the one thing that went wrong for him, especially, you know, we were, uh, we were struggling with that season for goals as well. We immediately wanted him to make a, an impact and he had the chance to make a really strong impact as well. Um, but you're right. I mean, uh, your piece is kind of really interesting. There are the number of players who talked about how dedicated he was, but not only that, but this is going back to when I was lucky enough to do the Grant Holt book as well. He would he, he freely admitted that 
Kane did not come in with any sort of reputation. He didn't come in as this kind of uh, this genius 19-year-old who's going to come up and tear uh, the championship, uh, sorry, the Premier League to um, to bits. He came in as you know with an okay reputation from a, a from a club that uh, coaches their youngsters well, and he left pretty much with the same reputation. You know, he hadn't enhanced it when he was here as well. So that was interesting because uh, his rise has essentially taken everyone by surprise, I think. And what a magnificent footballer he is now. Yeah, and I, I like a couple of the comments at the end of the piece, Michael. It might have been you and Chester and maybe um, one of his former teammates. can't remember exact, the exact one now, but um, they were saying how, you know, loan moves aren't necessarily the best ones when you're necessarily in the team and, and you know, playing loads of games. You learn more about yourself when maybe you struggle a bit more and you go through an injury and you, you know, you experience what Harry Kane experienced both at Norwich and then later in that season at Leicester. Yeah. I mean, the piece, first of all, it's a piece that shows that you can really tell a story out of anything. I mean, this is five, five matches and 5,000 words. So credit to you, Michael, for that. But is here listening to the stories of the people who were kind of involved in that loan deal and, and it paints a picture of, you know, what it takes to, um, to become the player that Harry Kane has become. You, you can sort of just see bits of it in the article, the, the attitude and the dedication and the devotion and, and, the, and the, the different sort of voices in the article, each saying essentially that, that same thing. And I don't know, just a quick one. I don't know if you guys saw the Tottenham documentary on Amazon. Harry Kane didn't actually feature a lot in that because he was injured as well. But the, the moments you did see, again, you, you just saw it again. Somebody who is absolutely dedicated to his craft and is laser focused on what it needs to be. And as Dan said, he hasn't got any kind of world-class individual attributes, maybe, except maybe his finishing. But he has clearly just honed every single thing and, and absolutely got the maximum out of every single quality that he's got. And it's made him into the, the extraordinary kind of player that we have today and someone who's going to go on and beat Wayne Rooney's England goal-scoring record and I'm sure break Tottenham goal-scoring records. And yeah, fair play to him. Fair play to him. Remind me to retweet the piece when they'll happen. Yeah, David Fox is the other one who's loans, loans manager at Huddersfield at the moment. So I think it was quite pertinent for him. Um, there's a, a lovely line from John Ruddy saying he wondered what Harry Kane made of watching Steve Morrison and Grant Holt train because he was, must have been like, what? is this how you train at Premier League level? <laughs> Which I just thought was brilliant. Um, and they, I'm not going to go through it all because there's obviously loads in there. It's not just 5,000 words on five games. It is obviously all the build-up and, 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 and some of the fallout and lots of, lots of different stories and, and bits from people just in case anyone gets too worried. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it's sort of, I think um, it, it struck me in terms of noticing how much effort he, he was putting in. And in, even people, Dan, um, I think it said that he when uh, he's still the same at Tottenham in, in a way, just how, how focused he is on, on what he's doing kind of keeps himself to himself. Someone, someone in the Norwich uh, setup mentioned that they wondered if he was working too hard on his finishing because actually everything else was was pretty good. I put that to Les Ferdinand and he's like, no, 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 you, you need to work on that as well. <laughs> you need to work on what you're doing there and then obviously develop it all around. I mean, to be honest, he probably didn't have the time to work on everything <laughs> over that, over that period to get to that, to get to that level. And the other interesting thing that sort of arise from it was the, he was still working out what sort of player he was because Spurs weren't sure whether he was a number nine or whether he was a number 10, I think, was it Chris Hewton said he's a nine and a half, which nine is and a half. absolutely right. Cause if you're picking the best number nines in the Premier League, he's he's top three. If you're picking the best number tens in the Premier League, he's top three in that as well. And he's somehow made both of those roles um, his own. So, you know, and he was only 19. So when a player is sort of searching for form, searching for their own sort of development, searching for their own role, to have asked, in, and in a, you know, with the greatest respect, in a Chris Hewton team that wasn't scoring goals and wasn't set up to score goals, 
uh, it would have been uh, it would have been a bit of a miracle if he'd spent a season here and banged in sort of 10 plus goals wouldn't it I think it's also interesting actually that, that Tottenham I know that he'd had a couple of championship loans but they could it's interesting Tottenham then sent him to Norwich knowing that he was unlikely to start because in that stage of his development it would have been uh, it, it seemed an odd decision to not, in retrospect, to not then move him to another club that would start him uh, immediately. I mean, no, no one said it to me, but I got the impression that he was like, well, I, uh, I think he wanted to stay. And the fact that he wasn't staying, I think he wanted a Premier League move. They had loads of interest. And as it mentions in the piece, Birmingham were, Birmingham, uh, while well, Chris Hutton was there, it obviously really made mm. him like a top priority. But I just remember the fact it was a late move, wasn't it? And it relied on Clint Dempsey moving. It was a really late move, which made it feel like um, desperate in terms of Norwich needing a fourth striker. Um, obviously, it was Chris Hutton. It was a, someone who'd only just turned 19 like a month earlier, barely played in the Premier League and at a club Chris Hutton knew really well. So I think the overriding perception here and for some of his teammates was, oh, we just got a bloke in because we kind of need someone else. And that was it. And um, it's just that whole, I mean, in a way, that was quite, a, quite an environment for, for Harry to, to walk into, I suppose, as well, Ben. It must be difficult going into a sort of strike force where you've got characters like Grant Holt and Steve Morrison, who, you know, they do it their way. And but I think at the end of it, their their respect for Harry Kane kind of came through, didn't it? And some of the quotes from Morrow, especially, were were really nice about you know Harry Kane. And I think he said he wouldn't be fit to lace my boots now. Sorry, I wouldn't be fit to lace his boots. That's the correct one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's no, no lacing of boost is actually going to happen. But um, yeah, some really nice quotes, I think, from both of them. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, it's time for This Is Just Like Fantasy Football. Um, we are recording as we usually do on Monday, which means we've got a game Wednesday night, so 24 hours uh, longer at least, at Luton, and then Sheffield Wednesday's visit on Saturday before we return with another pod next week. So this is where we paint a picture of the forthcoming seven days and we let you all laugh at it um, if the events have already played out. Although I saw a note saying Steve did very well last week, apparently. So I, I don't listen back to it. So <laughs> I have to see. Um, but of course, what, we, what we're doing is we're giving you, the audience, the valuable gift of hindsight. Uh, and we're going to do it with dramatic music. There it is. Can we all hear that? Hear it. How loud it is. Yeah. We, if we improve this next, we might end up improving it next week. I'm just warning you. Anyway, this is all important pro prediction time. What is going to happen at Luton? Are Norwich going to have more players out than they did for the League Cup game where Nathan Jones said it was irrelevant? Yes, why not? Um, what's going to happen at Luton, Ben? I think, yes. that, well, it depends if, if Pookie's fit, right? When Dio yeah. and Pookie are the team. Emmy will play, won't he? Emmy, Emmy's just no, Emmy, Emmy, Emmy will play, definitely. I'm just yeah, thinking yeah. If, yes. if, if Emmy and Pookie are in the team, I'm confident that we can get a positive result. Luton had a bad result the weekend, didn't they? So I think we will win 2-1. I think you've just gone straight for the score prediction. Fair play. I can see, um, I saw Do my lovely colleague uh, and friend Peter Raven um, mentioned that uh, Max Aaron's Tim Krull and there was someone else I can't remember who it was uh, all, all are injured and on 97 Norwich City appearances 
and Emmy's on 90, so he's got seven left, which is obviously a terrible way of, of because you know, I touch wood at the moment. Fingers crossed. That, okay, that's really you know, moderately interesting, I suppose. <laughs> let, let's, uh, my prediction is that Emmy stays fit, and I've got both fingers crossed that yeah. this time next week, Emmy is still fit enough to play. They can't lose any more. They can't lose anyone else to injury, surely, Dan. Oh, they yeah, I mean, absolutely can. Oh. Are you not expecting it now? <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. It's going to get to the stage where Zimbo will be played up top at some point. I'm pretty confident. It's got to happen. It'll be an iconic um, moment. Say- yeah, uh, and I think if Emmy's back, it matters less who is up top because he will create chances for anyone. So, uh, and against a team that plays football, tries to play football as Luton do, I think we've probably got a better chance of coming away with a victory at Luton than perhaps in the next in the following two games. Pulis ball, Pulis ball at Carrow Road. What a, that as well. What a return for the fans. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that the, the glistening irony of our first um, first game being able to go again, or a few of us being able to you go. Th- do you think we'll sell out a thousand? <laughs> or, or, <laughs> two, two, two. Hands, hands some of our two own allocation back. Yeah, <laughs> imagine it. Okay, no, I don't want that game. Thanks. Who's next? Oh, can I have the next one, please? Yeah, it could happen. Uh, well, Emmy setting up Emmy Buendia, born to score goals, one nil Norwich away from home at Luton. Job done. Yep. People are nodding. Yes. I'm well, that's, all right, With that's a strong head. prediction. Um, Michael McGovern, clean sheet. Which game you know, would you win? Any, any, just in, in life, in general, from here on in. <laughs> are you asking <laughs> me if Michael McGovern will have a clean sheet in life? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The music's doing funny things to my brain. I can't really think. Um, other, has it got more debuts? We Reese McClare got on for his debut. Uh, right back yeah, yeah. Max Aaron's got injured. Oh, that's Can you tell us all about it, Michael Reese. Uh, no, no. He's a holding midfielder, is that right? Holding yes, midfielder? yes, sorry. Um yes. I did do a piece from Newport and he played in that. He is a holding midfielder, um, very cultured Jump on the ball. The uh yes, well you know more than I do, to be honest, Dan. So I think you should take <laughs> that's over. That's all I know. Holding midfielder Defin- came from Aberdeen. Definitely north of the border. Good name. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like name. someone Peter Grant might have brought in though, doesn't it, with a name like that? Or because he's Scottish is what you mean, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah. yeah. Um, he, he moves the ball around nicely. He's, um, I've never seen him play at right back. I don't really remember much from, uh, from Saturday's venture, actually, because um, it was quite brief. Um, he's tall and physical, mobile. So um, he didn't stand out for me at Newport, if I can say that. But he is the, the one who sort of pressed on. I think, I think, I feel like Will William Hondemark is still uh, developing, but maybe has the potential to, to do more when he gets there. I don't know. As from Harry Kane, who can predict potential? Who knows? Here's a prediction. Lucas Rupp will play right back against Luton. See, I was, I was wondering whether Ollie Skip might get that gig because mm. uh, now you've got Teddy to hold and Ollie has played there a couple of times in the game. And that is time. On the ball, we will be with you all season long. So make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The podcast is available free for everyone on your usual player and ad-free to subscribers of The Athletic via our app. Uh, if you like what we're doing, leave a review and a rating, please. And uh, spread the word if you wish of our efforts across the Norwich City world. If you would like to get in touch, ask me a question or propose a topic for discussion, send me a direct message on Twitter at Michael J. Bailey. I'll be catching up um, on those, of course, as we go through the weeks Uh, in the meantime a big thank you to you ben thank you michael dan thank you so much thanks very much michael uh we're back again next week for another on the ball a norwich city podcast from the athletic until then never mind the danger 
welcome to Wits End. Welcome to you all, uh, to all of you Twitterkers. If any of you have stumbled across this for the first time and are wondering what's going on, listen to On The Ball podcast number 42, which went live on September the 8th. It's all explained there. You can email us, Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com, or use the hashtag Twitterkers on Twitter. Just don't explain what you're um, referring it all to. Uh, We'll crack on this week. Uh, let's see. We've got a oh now a big shout out for whoever puts together the website twitterkers.co.uk because I didn't shout out probably last week and I, it is just the most phenomenal website um, that's been put together. It's it's wonderful. Uh, if I can just take through some things here, we've got um, uh, they they've written down the reviews of the site, so it's obviously quite got quite a high opinion of itself. The site there's the um, wall of fame. Whoa. So for Maywo, I mean, it works better as uh, written than, than, than read out. Um, it's got some, some of the uh, classics that we've, uh, we've gone through. For example, it's not Twitterkers, Hodgie, which is a, a lovely, that's on the hall of for Maywo. Um, there's some lovely, Harry, Harry Kane is the best striker to play for Norwich in the past decade. That was on from, um, that was on obviously from before I wrote my piece. That's, that, that's a Chris Gorham comment, I think. Yeah, is it, on, our, on our first podcast, wasn't it, Ben? Mm. Um, it was. Can I didn't realise. I didn't realise we um, there were testimonials. So I'm, I'm just going to say something nice so I can get my name on here. Uh, this Twitterkers <laughs> website is one of the finest websites you could possibly visit online. So make sure you go there. There we go. Oh, it's the, uh, um, there's uh, also. Do, we, do you have any suspicions about who runs it? Um, I, I, I um, yeah, uh, not not anyone that I. I Jos Hoyveld? It could be Jos Hoyveld. Do you remember Jos Hoyveld? Don't forget. Uh, obviously, it probably isn't great for a podcast that I'm just reading it, but it, it's just it's brilliant. So go, if, you, if you're listening to this, you need to visit twitterkers.co.uk and give the, give the website some, some love. It's worth pointing out the bottom. Twitterkers? Twitterkers. Twitter, K-E-R-S at uh, .co.uk even. Um, my, twitterkers. The Twitterkers. Um, they've managed to embed my... Um, my TikTok at the bottom, uh, which I think is because I did say I would that my next TikTok video would be would be at the oh, request dear. of whoever uh, wants to request anything. So uh, I guess it looks like it look, it, it, you look at it. Well, this is terrible for the listeners, obviously. But if you look at that, it looks like Paul Chesterton is taking a photo of you sat at your. Ah, it does. Oh, Paul Chesterton's there. <laughs> Amazing. He's the photographer who takes all of the uh, pictures for Arch and, and they're just a really top bloke. I'm basically just, um, now. I've seen Wolfram Gladiators there, Michael. Was um was I right in detecting friend of the pod Jim Van Wyke on that audio clip from Harry Kane? You were, yep. Jim Van Wyke was there, my old colleague yeah, Paddy yeah. Davitt. Yeah. Um the, you the were tough questions. I, I, indeed. I don't think the uh, I don't think the full clip's going in, so the old podders might not get to hear that. But we got to hear the whole the whole uh, the whole four minutes. Um if you really want to hear the whole four minutes, drop me a DM, I'll send it to you. you <laughs> well, Michael. Pardon? TikTok. Is that genuinely you talking? Well, that was genuinely me, yeah, what yeah. What's your voice? I don't know, it was really squeaky. I think it was probably the mobile home. It was really cold, maybe, although it was... I didn't realise you were on work experience. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Hurricane sounds like he could have been your dad. There's a lovely bit at the end of the Hurricane's first answer where he just goes, yeah, you know, to get... Oh, I won't do an impression. Uh, to get into the uh, Premier League kind of thing <laughs> and i just thought it was like, he also oh, said uh, do you know what i mean and as soon as he said that we should have known he was going to be an excellent professional footballer yeah dropping that in already at 19 years old 
He also threw in a nostalgic premiership as well. He did throw in a couple of premierships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's a good one for all youth players, youth team players graduating who haven't quite been, you know, um, molded and professionalised in their media output. That was that was the opposite to Chris Hewton, obviously, who famously every time used to say the Barclays Premier League in its full kind of title, didn't he? He he threw in the Barclays because he got told at the start of the season, and and by you know he was still using it in like February when everyone else had dropped it like months ago. There we go. Um, So yes, twitterkers.co.uk, just have a shout and and whoever's doing it, you're doing a wonderful job. Thank you, Mr. Reynolds I. I hope I pronounced that right for flagging up the wonderful 20 year anniversary of the incredible Anti Niemi caller on TalkSport. You can Google that. Someone basically thinking that um, Hart's goalkeeper was was Scottish, if I remember rightly, wasn't it? And, And he was Finnish obviously. So maybe he's like the third best Finn, potentially, anti-Nemi. Anyway, um, what else did we have here? There was a lovely message. Uh, Richard242, thanks for the message, Richard. He uh, posted about goal celebrations. I've always liked this celebration. Keith Bertstein, Bert, Bertstein, how do you pronounce that? Bertstein? <laughs> Keith Bertstein. Keith Bertstein. It's just Keith Bertstein, yeah. isn't it? Keith Bertrand, giving it large to his former club. Um, and the video on YouTube also connect, contains added canary and dumpling. I'm going to share that video. It's going to be the, uh, I'm going to share that um, at the end of Daniel Farker's press conference on Friday, along with a link to the um, John Rogers, Alex Pritchard uh, video. Cause I think we mentioned that last week. I think that's great. Um, I think I was the person who was responsible for giving John Rogers access to Alex Pritchard. Was, right, do you regret that decision or are you happy with how it turned I, out? I, I, yeah, I'm surprised. I, I quite liked Alex Pritchard. Alex Pritchard's really friendly. Yeah. I love Alex Pritchard. I think he's, a, he's, he's got a good sense of humour. Hmm. He I has. once got mistaken for Alex Pritchard at Carrow Road on a match day by a steward. He accused me of running late for the game. <laughs> Amazing. Who's going to be happier with that one? I think that's that's probably about (laughs) it. I loved interviewing Alex Pritchard. I think I thought he was great. Good footballer as well. Uh, You know what? I think we're done, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time. Unless there's any, oh, any other business? Any other business? Anyone? Uh, Fully expecting a Josip Dermich song this week in 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 retorts to Daniel Farker. What what do you reckon he'll call it? Why always me? (laughs) Been done. Maybe maybe duetting with Nelson Oliveira or Mo Leitner. I mean, all he needs to do is retweet No Tomorrow, surely. And then he's, he's done. Not Cinderella. Did you know that Josip Dermich uh, paints? Did you know that? I did know that. Yes, I did, actually. He yeah. paints mostly himself. I mean, not his body. He paints murals of himself, like dressed as uh, like Superman and the Avengers and stuff like that. That's a true story. You know what? At least he's not short of hobbies. Yeah. yeah. Interesting guy. Do you know that Reese McClear's a sculptor? Did you know that? I, I, no. Did no? You, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently. Well, I, re- I read it on The Athletic. Um, <laughs> really? No, shut up. Stop it. It's too late in the podcast for that stuff. Ben, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, definitely. Pleasure, Michael. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you, Michael. I'm superstars. Thanks all for listening as always. We'll see you next week. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed.